If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. For anyone that has even a slight interest in horror, you will have most doubtedly come across a creepy town called Silent Hill. In this eerie landscape of molten streets and fog, things happen which are beyond the comprehension of most people. Twisted, gnarled nurses, a giant man wielding a huge blade whilst wearing a pyramid atop his head, and fire. Lots of it. All of that is obviously something just from a computer game or a horror movie script, but what if I told you Silent Hill is real? Today on Macabre Mini Mysteries, we uncover the town that's always on fire. Centralia, USA. another macabre mini mystery i'm your host with a silent g nikki druce and today i'll be falling down another rabbit hole of weirdness for your delight and delectation today we're going to be stopping by a little town which for most will be unknown by its real name centralia but for many will send a shiver down your spine if i call it by its mythical name silent hill centralia in pennsylvania has always been a good old-fashioned coal mining town until one day, on the 27th of May, 1962, firefighters decided to clean up some rubbish by setting fire to it. Once the rubbish was burned, they would usually extinguish it, but this time, the fire didn't go as planned, and has never been able to be extinguished since. Centralia was a good old-fashioned American coal mining town, 
The community life was good there and people loved where they lived. It was safe, close-knit and homely, a nice place to be. The town was a thriving coal mining town. Under the surface of Centralia were miles upon miles of mines filled with coal. This coal was apparently in such abundance that there were sufficient resources for the town to continue producing a considerable amount for years to come. In the town, methods for controlling waste were to put it in landfill, but when the landfill got too large, it would be set alight using a controlled fire to reduce the rubbish to ash, which was easy to clean away, creating a clean slate for more landfill. This technique had been used several times over by the local fire brigade with no problems whatsoever. However, things changed when one fire didn't go to plan. The landfill fire on the 27th of May started off as usual, but when workers realised the fire wasn't going out when doused with water, they began growing concerned. They used construction vehicles to distribute the ash and smoking remains, but still puffs of smoke were seen emanating from the ground. When the smoking trash fire was still burning two weeks later, the firefighters decided to have another go at burying the fire and dug deeper into the soil. This was when they noticed something had gone horribly wrong. The smoke rising from the ground wasn't coming from the smouldering rubbish at all. It was coming from a mine shaft underneath. The fire had ignited the coal underground in the mine shaft, which was rich with flammable fuel. The fire now lit was impossible to put out. With the network of underground mines, which would create a steady source of air and fuel, the furnace began to grow and spread under the surface of Centralia. The town was now effectively sitting on a constant hotbed of ignited coke. Once it was realised the fire was growing out of control, help was sought from the authorities. However, the slow response by the government only worked against the safe extinguishing of the fire. The more time it took to make decisions, the worse the fire got, outsmarting those in charge, thwarting their attempts. The first intervention attempt made was to dig the fire out, in fact, somebody was offered the contract in return for being able to harvest the coal, but the authorities decided to turn them down, thinking this was an expensive option. By the time somebody did secure the contract, the fire had spread beyond a reasonable barrier for it to be excavated. Shortly after, another attempt was made to put the fire out, using water to drench and flood the mine shafts. The attempt was going well, but as parts of the fire which were deeper into the mine weren't extinguished and continued burning, drying out the surrounding tunnels, the fire just came back. Other attempts were heavily delayed by red tape and permits, and as people realised the enormity of the task and the sheer cost involved, companies weren't particularly keen to sign on the dotted line to take on the work. As time passed, the fire slowly ebbed its way from its initial ignition point to the network of mines that ran underneath the town itself, and things were not looking good for the residents. By this point, the long-term effects of living on top of a constant inferno weren't known, so to begin with, the residents were pleased with some of the pros they were seeing, such as better crop yields due to the warmer soil temperatures and the winters being much, much warmer. As time passed, however, the negative effects of the fire started to rear their heads. First off, living on top of a coal fire has long-term effects for the air quality. 
residents started complaining of respiratory health issues such as asthma and other chronic lung conditions due to the high percentage of carbon dioxide and monoxide in the air. Homes which were situated over hotspots were subject to deadly gases building up inside their walls, and residents were told that in order to be safe, they had to keep their windows open constantly, even in the winter. Children in particular were beginning to suffer as a result of the poor air, and to help residents keep an eye on their air quality, carbon monoxide alarms were fitted in homes to alert residents when levels were getting particularly bad. Some residents were even advised to get pet birds as an early warning system. If their beloved pet fell off their perch, then people would know it was time to leave the home, as the air quality was so unsafe. Effectively, it was the same as using canaries back in the day down the mine shafts. As the fire raged on beneath their feet, things got much worse for the residents of Centralia. The ground now affected by the heat was prone to rifting and cracking, making roads impassable. The fire also made the once stable mine shafts entirely unpredictable, as it began to burn through the supports that had once made the mines safe, making them prone to collapse. Ground temperatures were regularly and consistently reaching over 600 degrees Fahrenheit, that's around 300 degrees Celsius, and people reported in some areas that if you stood for somewhere too long, your shoes would melt to the ground. Things became really scary when the town's petrol station nearly exploded as a result of the heat emanating from under the earth, but luckily the owner realised beforehand and managed to take action to stop what would have been a catastrophic event. In order to make sure such a dangerous event didn't take place, the owner of the petrol station had to close his business for posterity. In 1981, a sinkhole appeared in the backyard of 12-year-old Todd Dumbowski whilst he was playing. The hole which opened up led straight down to the mine, hundreds of feet below the ground. Luckily, Todd managed to grab onto a tree root as he fell, but he couldn't climb back out on his own. He was left dangling over the open mine shaft in escaping heat of around 300 degrees Fahrenheit. That's around 150 in Celsius. If it hadn't been for his cousin, who noticed him missing and rescued him, Todd would have most certainly died. On Valentine's Day, 1981, 12-year-old Todd Dumbowski was playing in his grandmother's backyard when the earth opened up below his feet. I seen smoke and I thought I didn't want her, my grandmother, to go over near her because she's elderly and I was worried about her, so I went over to see if it was the mine fire and when I did, I just fell right through. Todd's brush with death and the welfare of 30 other families pushed nearby residents to take a vote to move their homes. The federal government forked over another $1 million to move them to safety. Dorothy Lucy, Newswatch 16. Todd's story pushed Centralia into the public eye. Shortly after, the area of the town where the sinkhole had happened was issued with an emergency evacuation for the residents to leave their homes, amidst fears that something more catastrophic could happen. After 20 years, residents were growing exasperated that the problem still hadn't been fixed. It's an obvious question that I'm sure you're all thinking, as to why they didn't just all up and leave. But it wasn't as easy as all that. The people that lived in Centralia were people that had lived there forever, long-established communities and families with a long history of living in the town. 
The homes there had been handed down through families and due to the fire, people couldn't sell them as A, no one wants to buy a house in a town that's on fire and two, people couldn't afford to just leave without some kind of payout. Effectively, people were trapped in a town that was slowly poisoning them with the threat of their house collapsing into the fiery mines below at any moment. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As part of the town wasn't affected, there was also a divide between residents. The ones which felt safe didn't want to have the whole town evacuated, but those that were living directly above the fire obviously did want to leave. The whole situation was messy and wrapped up in governmental red tape, which was impossible to escape. All the while the fire was growing more and more and getting worse and worse. As the situation continued to be mismanaged, those in charge also tried to deny that the fire was even under Centralia. The mayor of the town in the 80s said he believed the fire had now gone north of the area, meaning that residents were no longer under threat. However, doctors were saying something different. Women in the town were issued guidance that they shouldn't get pregnant over fears of potential birth defects that their unborn children may suffer due to the heavy pollutants in the air. Several further attempts were made to try and extinguish the fire, but every time it seemed that either the money or the resources dried up or the method was unsuccessful. A periodic technique used was to try and seal off the spread of the fire using fly ash, a compound derived from the burning of coal, which would be washed into the mines to create walls to stop the spread, but every time this was used, it seemed that the fire found a way around the obstacle. Fly ash is also hazardous to health, so as the ash and water mixed underground and then was heated, it produced toxic steam. The town then had to put in vents to let the steam escape from underground, making the air quality in Centralia even worse. 
The residents of Centralia grew exhausted with the amount of knockbacks and fob-offs they received from the government and, in the end, many had to concede and leave, abandoning their homes in favour of their health. Some families were divided on whether they should leave or not, with some deciding to stay and others moving on, causing rifts in their lives and, in some cases, forcing families apart. As the town became less inhabitable and people's homes were now under threat of collapse, the government had no other option but to leave Centralia to burn. The residents were bought out for abysmally low prices, which weren't comparable to nearby property prices in other towns, which weren't on top of an eternal fire. This left people homeless with barely enough cash to relocate. By 2010, the town was left almost abandoned. Some residents who refused to leave stayed on and watched as the abandoned homes around town were slowly demolished. Around nine people are left living in Centralia today, and those that are left have been given restriction orders on their properties, meaning that they can't sell them on, and once they have vacated those places, they will be demolished, leaving Centralia a desolate, burning ghost town. The town has been officially given up on by the authorities, with the Postal Service revoking its zip code, meaning it technically doesn't exist anymore. And over time, the town is returning to nature, with almost all remnants of what was the booming mining town having now been demolished and removed. So one last question remains. When will the fire be extinguished? Well, experts estimate that it will continue burning the whole time there is fuel to burn. That could be, at the very minimum, another 100 years, but more likely 200 years, and perhaps beyond. As for the town being the inspiration for Silent Hill, it's very easy to see the similarities between the real story and the narrative that was created for the horror franchise. The paranormal element is obviously not real, but the ghosts of the people that once lived there and the scars on the landscape definitely are. All that's left today to mark the town that once was is the pristine white church, which appears to stand in the urban forest that has erupted around it, standing as a silent reminder that even though the people have had to go, they still have faith that one day the town may be theirs once again. But for now, it will remain a macabre mini-mystery. Thanks for joining me for this episode. As always, I'd love to know your thoughts on this one. So leave me a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube or a rating on your podcast provider. The majority of the info for this episode I got from a PBS special, which I recommend you give that one a watch if you're interested in learning more and seeing the town for yourself. The link is in the description as always. If you're new around here and you've not yet subscribed, I'd love for you to join the Ghoul Gang. We're a friendly bunch, so do come and join us. Also, if you do like the show and you'd like to support what I make, then why not consider becoming a patron like these amazing legendary executive Patreon producers, Amy, Barry, Jess, Kate, Mary, Ren, Sam, Sarah and Veronica, and all of our other patrons too. Patrons get an exclusive show from me once a month, you get to vote on what episodes I make next, and also depending on the tier, you'll get some tangible goodies through the post too. If you're not up for a long-term commitment and you'd just like to leave a tip, then there's my Amazon wishlist, which has items to help me make the show. And there's also one-off donation links in the description too, or you can use the ACAR supporter link at the beginning of the podcast. 
All support is absolutely vital for me to continue making the show and also to let you in on a little secret, I'm going to be making a fun mini-series this summer, which I really need your help with to be able to make it. So if you want to help me, I'd really appreciate it and the series, once it's made, will premiere exclusively on Patreon. So if you want to help me make that and be a credited producer, then pop over there and check it out. Thanks so much for your help for even considering joining. It means the absolute world. Thanks for joining me for another macabre mini mystery. I've been Nikki Druce and I'll see you ghouls next time. Mm-hmm.